Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Weaver and Jacoby Kendrick. This podcast is dedicated to newer agents in the business who want the fast track to success. 90% of agents fail in their first year of business. Our goal is to help guide your journey away from the common mistakes most agents make and help you grow and build your business to epic levels you know you're capable of and desire. What's going on, everybody? Jacoby Kendrick here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry, here for the Epic Agent Success Podcast, coming at you with another episode here. And on this episode, we're going to be bringing you, or we're actually just going to be talking about training. What do you need to be training on, especially as a new agent, whenever you get into the business? And then now that the market is starting to shift a little bit, um, you actually probably need to go back to the basics. So what we want to talk about this week is training for real estate what you should be training on so without further ado let's get straight to it yeah this is the one area that i probably was most afraid of or most intimidated my biggest hurdle when it comes to the idea of building a team is the training aspect of it uh because when i got in real estate i didn't get any training didn't have any training just kind of went and figured it out on how to do it the way i did it and so the idea of bringing in a new agent who doesn't have the characteristics, the personality that I have and getting them to a position where they succeed is super intimidating to me. And the way we've kind of broken it down over the last several months, and I've changed a lot of my thoughts and philosophies on how to train a new agent uh, has really brought my anxiety level down when it comes to training new agents. And I think we have a system in place that's proving that it will bring success for a new agent, even if they're not built the same way that I am. Yeah, the thing I really want to get to is just training in general, training in the uh, real estate industry. Everybody talks about training. They're going to give you training and, and all of that. And really what I found in any job that I've done is just everybody's definition of training is a little bit different, right? And probably the the best place where I've ever been trained is in the military when I was in the Air Force. And so their training is really robust. They've got it down to a science. Obviously, the Air Force has been in business for a very long time. And so they've got a lot of trial and error. And plus, they've got a captive audience, right? It's like, man, if the training goes bad, it's like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. You signed on the dotted line with your life. Once your five years are up, then you can maybe maybe make a move. But uh, so they've really got it down. And, and really what I saw from that is it's like, They've got like computer-based training where you just get on and you listen to a, a uh, lesson, just talk to you over and over and over again. Then you have like on-the-job training where you actually have your mentor or your supervisor actually training you. And then there's also, they give you the opportunity to go out and learn on your own, like whatever you want to learn for yourself, almost like an elective. And so it's it's a really good process. And what I found is like when I go somewhere else outside of the Air Force, I really haven't seen really good training like I saw whenever I was in the Air Force. What's kind of what's your experience? I just think we are in a time where there is so much training. You Google uh, how to sell real estate or I want to be a realtor or, you know, real estate coach. And and it's just all over the place. And then this goes, I mean, obviously we're talking about real estate here, but this is across the board anywhere. This idea of training is, you know, I think we are in a point in history where there's more training available and whether that's good or bad, I'm not sure. 
and so that's kind of my thought of it. You just have to be really cautious on what it is you're looking for, what kind of training. And so really what it comes down to is you really need to figure out, you know, what is success looked like to you or what do you want your business to look like to you or whatever you're getting training for? What do you want that to look like? And go seek somebody that's going to train you towards what you're looking to, you know, where you're looking to go, what you're looking to attain. That's absolutely right. And it, it goes back to, so growing up my whole life, I was an athlete, right? And so being an athlete, training, having a coach, as we've talked about having a coach in the past is just normal when it, whenever you're an athlete. But then when you go to, to the professional world or even your own personal life, we don't think about having a coach, right? But you need a coach for every aspect of your life. And this is where training comes in. When you're a beginner, I like what you said about having so much training that's out there. Well, when you're a beginner, because you don't know anything, almost everything helps you, right? And so it's just like the same thing with working out. I was just talking with a few of my buddies about this uh, the other day. It's like whenever you start working out, you can literally do anything and get a response from it. But as you continue to get better, you can't do the same things you were doing. That's actually how people get hurt whenever they're working out, right? Let's say you want to run a marathon or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, I can only run one mile. And then you get up to two miles. Well, you can't consistently just add miles on top of what you're doing, right? It's like, I can't just go out and run 100 miles and be ready for a marathon. Eventually, you have to have a training protocol that says, okay, Maybe you don't run 300 miles, you only run 200 miles, but we change up the intensity, we change up the duration of the runs, we change up the interval patterns, and that's how you actually train. So there's a difference between like working out and actually training. Training, there's a plan to it, there's a schedule, you have your rest intervals in there. And so that's kind of what I mean with training. It's like, okay, are you actually training? Are you getting something that is going to help you? Like you're saying, what do you want your business to look like? Or are you just throwing in, sprinkling in a few different things on TikTok and YouTube and all of that? Yeah. And to go along with the idea of there's so much training, um, on top of that is there's so much specialized training now, too. So, like, if you look at it from, I just look at all the options we have for Cooper. Cooper's 16. He plays baseball in high school. And he has his high school coach. And when I grew up, that's what you had. You had your high school coach. And they're the ones that taught you how to play the game. Um, you know, they built on top of what you had. Well, now it's completely different. Uh, the high school coach is more just accumulating the talent or taking what's already there and kind of putting those pieces together. I mean, at 16, Cooper could have a strength coach, a speed coach, a hitting coach, a throwing coach, a fielding coach. And that's real entry level stuff. I mean, we're part of, he's hitting right now with a hitting coach and they have the waiting list for this place is insane. This guy was coaching one of the local colleges, opened up a gym, uh, all baseball related. And every single program that he throws out there just gets completely filled up with a huge waiting list. And I don't know what the percentage is, three, four percent might be able to play division one baseball. But yet, you know, we're throwing all this training at these at these youngsters. And this goes for school, too, like. He's doing, you know, he's not being super organized in school right now. He's uh, kind of, we call it, he's being a teenage boy. And so I'm like, okay, he's got his teachers. And I've kind of started the communication with the teachers, but not really getting there. So 
I hired him a a tutor, but not a tutor for a specific subject. I hired him a tutor to put his life together when it comes to school. And now he meets with them twice a week until he gets it all put together. And then I think we can go to once a week. And so it's just, there's all kinds of training all over. And then to kind of just stack on top of that, if you're talking real estate, you've got You've got marketing coaches and prospecting coaches and coaches on how to build a team, coaches how to scale a team, coaches how to do your operations, coaches how to do your sales. I mean, it's all over the board what you can get coaching on. So it's just that, you know, we are inundated with the options for training in all aspects of life. That's exactly right. So now we're in the knowledge world, right? Now we're in the uh, the information age as I always say, now we are drowning in information and we're starving for wisdom, right? So there's a yeah. lot of information out there, but there's absolutely no wisdom. And so with that being said, I think it's a good transition point because even in the sports realm, right? What is the most important part of being an athlete? At least when I think I think about being an athlete, I think about my boys, they're starting to, they're starting to play sports now. And then even Chloe, she's starting to get into uh, soccer now. And every time, whenever I played in college in the air at the Air Force Academy, every time in the spring, whenever we had spring ball, we always went back to one thing that always used to drive me crazy. I didn't understand it as a player, but I definitely understand it now that I've sit, I've sat back and now I'm like looking at training people and developing my kids. And we always went back to the basics, right? You always go back to the basics of like blocking and tackling and running plays and having the right angles. It's like, um, man, I just forgot his, forgot his name. The, the famous football coach for the Packers. Lombardi. Yeah. Lombardi. He's like, you see those videos. He's like, this gentleman is a football. (laughs) And so you just, you go back to the basics. And so what I'm thinking, and so now I'm talking to agents. I just had. <laughs> I have agent. to say this. Even before that, he said this gentleman is a pair of socks. He made his team learn how to put a pair of socks on. Yeah, every year. yeah. that was actually the basketball coach. That was. Um, oh, oh, messing up, messing up my stories. Yeah, you're. It's all good though. But the yeah. point is, same like thing. Every, every great coach goes back to the basics, right? Woody, uh, Woody, Woody. I can't think of the guy's name. Look at us go. Yeah, pull it up. It's like we're on the Joe Rogan. Yeah, I'm, uh, we need a uh, what's the guy's name for Rogan? Jamie. Yeah, we need a. Jamie. I knew exactly what you were gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wooden. John Wooden. John yeah. Wooden talks about the socks, and then yeah. Lombard- Lombardi talks about you know this is a football, but they go back to the basics, right? And where I was going with this is is I just sat down with an agent yesterday to talk to him about joining the team, and. He gets no coaching, no training from the team that he's on right now. Basically, what they told him was, is they said, hey, you go out and when you get a client, we'll teach you how to write a contract. It's like, write a contract? That is that is the last thing you need help with. You can't even get to a contract, right? And so what I want to get to is, in your opinion, what are the basics for an agent? Because honestly, we're in the sales industry, right? We kind of talked about this on our last episode and how you are like not real salesy, but yet, you know, you started to uh, basically (laughs) use all your sales skills on me as we went through the podcast. And it goes to show like that those are the basics. The basics are being a good salesman. And the problem is, is we've got this perception that being a salesman is slimy and all that. 
But actually being a salesman is one of the greatest professions ever. You help people get what they want and you help them get what they need easily and without hassle. And that's when you're a good salesman. So what do you think are the basics for a real estate agent in today's world? So I think there's some, you know, if you go all the way back to the basics on, you know, you have a a standard basic onboarding process um, with any brokerage, with any team you go to and becoming, you know, just going through that, getting your license transferred, getting your license set up, getting your board set up. And so as, as you go to a team, you have to have somebody, they have to have a process there that's going to help you with that. But when you get past that, you're right. Like writing a contract, you don't even know when you're going to need that. And when you, if you get trained on writing a contract, on day two or three, you might not use it till day 20, 25, 35, 40, whatever it is. And you're not even going to remember the training from day two on that contract. And so the contract's really irrelevant at that time. I think what it is, the number one thing is you have, as an agent, you have to learn what it is you need to say. What are people wanting to hear? And so whether that's script or talking points or bullet points, um, getting caught up to speed on what you need to say as an agent to potential buyers. And I say buyers because buyers are the easiest conversation to have when you're new. And so most new agents, you know, they start to accumulate buyers because that's the easiest to get. And so you need to know what you need to say and what they need to see from you as early as possible. That's exactly right. You need to know what to say and how to say it is the absolute first thing that you need. And the crazy thing is, is whenever I first came into real estate, I didn't really hear anybody talking about scripts or anything like that. Right. When I first came in, everybody's talking about I don't even know what they're talking about, how to market or do whatever. Marketing is good. Right. But eventually, once you market to someone, you have to talk to them. And so it's like, OK, what's the easiest way? Because as a new agent, you usually don't have any money and you usually don't have the skills you know, that you need in order to to acquire a a client. And so the easiest way is to figure out how to use the phone because you're going to be talking to people no matter what. Right. So you've got to use the phone and you got to know what to say and you've got to be knowledgeable on the market in order to bring people in. And that's the cheapest way, the best way. And that's how you hook your clients into wanting to work with you. Right. And so I think you're I think you're absolutely right on that. And absolutely on point is you got to know exactly what to say. I see the number one mistake new agents make is they get wrapped up into this lead gen conversation. It's all for years. That's all we heard. Right. Like when you and I got in the business, it was lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. Like, what are you doing about lead generation? And then, and so then everybody's focus goes to internet lead generation because that's where they think all the leads come from. And there's some truth to that. But when you're early in the game, there's nothing further from the truth for you as far as how to lead gen. Then that conversation at some point switched to lead conversion where, okay, now we all realize that we can generate leads. Like if you look in my my follow-up boss, my CRM, you know, there's 10,000 plus leads in there. And we we learned how to generate leads. And then the conversation became lead conversion. And so if you back it up to a new agent, what's the easiest lead to get that you can actually convert? And those are the conversations you have to have start having with new agents as far as when you're looking at them being brand new to the business. 
That's right. The first thing we talk about is where you, where is your lead generation at? What pond are you fishing out of? What ponds do you have? Are you part of like any groups? Where do you have fun? Where do you hang out at? Where are the most people that you can talk to for one that already know and that already trust you? Right. And so that's really the place you want to start. But I do want to say one thing you said, usually you start with buyers. I, I just want to keep hitting this, this nail on the head and we've talked about it over and over again, is that everyone is a buyer, okay? If someone is selling a house, they're more than likely a buyer. If you go back and look, we just were recently looking at the uh, the report that NAR does, The uh, I think it's what the buyer and seller profile. Buyer and seller report for 2022. Yeah, the buyer and seller profile, mm -hmm. you know, for 2020, uh, 2021, I believe is the one, the last one they did. But it says like, what's the first thing people did when searching for a home? The first thing they did is they went online and searched for houses. They, this is for first time home buyers. And this is for people who have already, who already own a house, who are going to be upsizing into a house. And so when you look at that, that tells you that everyone is a buyer. If the first step for a person is to go online and to look at houses then you need to be showing people houses. You need to be talking to people about houses. And that person is a buyer. Yes, they are a seller, but first they are a buyer. And so buyers is where you want to be at. I know everybody talks about getting listings and all that. Yes, you need a listing offer. You need an offer for listings, but everyone is a buyer. And that should shift your psychology on how you talk to people and what you're talking to people about. And so everyone is a buyer. I'm going to keep banging that over everybody's head because I, I keep hearing, I'm like, everyone's a buyer. Everyone's a buyer. Everyone's a buyer. You need houses. You need the product. So everyone's a buyer. Well, and I think you pound that because there was a few years in, in the industry and maybe it was the circles we ran in, but it was the, I only want to work with listings. I only want to work with listings. And this was being coached. And, and so mentally I checked out on, that philosophy of everybody's a buyer. And I missed a lot of opportunities, I think, because my mentality shifted from, I don't work with buyers, I only work with listings. And therefore the conversations that I was having were different. Yeah, and so also sellers wanna know that you have buyers as well, right? So if I go talk to a seller, it's like, oh, okay, well, do you have any buyers? Like, I know most of the listings are co-brokered. So that means, you know, the listing agent usually doesn't bring the buyer. But the more buyers you have, the more the more well-rounded you are, right? And so that's really the key that I think it is, is like you need to be well-rounded on everything. It's not like just listings or anything like that. You need buyers as well. And so, you know, I just want to keep hammering that, hammering that home because I think that's really important. It definitely is. And uh, that report that you were referring to is the 2022 Profile of Home Buyers and Sellers by NAR. Yeah, definitely. So now that we about 40 pages into that one. Yeah, I pulled out a couple of yeah, a couple of nuggets from that thing. And that was yeah, that was definitely one of the big ones for sure. And so now that we know that, you know, you need to know what to say and how to say it, how do we develop this? Because it's one thing to say that, and it's the other thing to actually do it, right? And and then I want to talk about what does what does knowing what to say to people and when to say it, what does that do for your confidence, right? Or at least I can say what it did for my confidence. But yeah, so how do we train that? What do we do? 
I think a big thing is simplifying it. I think a lot of the entry level scripts that I've seen have been really, really complicated. And for me, I'm not a good script. Like, like I can memorize a script, but I have trouble if I memorize a script, transitioning that to feeling like I have a conversation with somebody. I always feel like I'm really scripted. Like I don't ever feel that I comfortably make that transition to be able to just say it that as I think it should sound and not that it's something I memorize. And so I switched from scripts to track talks or talking track, track talks, talking tracks. And yeah. yeah, And just kind of having an outline of what to say. And that's how, like, that's how I operate. Like when I do videos as well, when I'm recording videos, I operate better off of a, an outline than I do a script, but I know you're really solid at the scripts. You've done a, you know, historically, you've done a really good job memorizing a script and then having that conversation. And so I think a little bit of it is just simplifying it for, you know, who the learner is and having a basic outline of what needs to be said and seeing what help they need and not making it where, oh, here's these 12 scripts, go memorize this. It's no, here's this one script. Here's this one talk track for a conversation you know, there's only so many conversations we have with clients, right? With potential clients. And so it's, okay, which one do we have the most? And then, you know, and kind of break it down from there. And here's what you need to learn. Here's what you need to say. And then just really giving them an opportunity, a tool uh, and a place to be able to get comfortable with those conversations, helping them in having, you know, in role play and having conversations with them about the things that people want to talk about and just giving them you know, giving new agents an opportunity to say those things when it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I've heard two kind of analogies for this. One that I think is really good because I'm I'm really big into scripts. I think there's two types of agents, one like myself and then one like you, right? You're not, you, you have a script, but it's not as rigid, right? And so depending on who you are, it'll probably depend on which analogy you use. But I look at a script kind of like a recipe, right? If you have a recipe and you're going to be baking a cake, you got to have the same ingredients. You got to have the same amounts every single time. But the thing is, is we're, we're dealing with people, right? And so really probably the best analogy to use is like a uh, an actor, Every movie you watch has a has a script, right? And so those actors, they go through and they they read the lines and they read the script and then they learn it so well that uh, whenever they actually get on the big screen, it seems it sound it seems natural, right? And that's what makes a great actor from a normal actor. You know, and some people might not know, but I actually tried out to be an actor in, in, a, in a past life. Whoa, Maybe- whoa, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have to bring out some of my modeling. Uh, what? Some of my modeling photos and all of that. Wait, there's photos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's photos, man. If you go to my mom's house, like if you go to my parents' house, you would oh. see all the photos. Actually, so we're going yeah, to Midland. One, what my one claim to fame <laughs> is, right? I went to this competition. You know who Elijah Wood is? Yeah. Yep. So Elijah Wood, right? He was in, uh, what movies was he in? Not all right. I don't know. Is it Narnia or uh, Harry Potter or uh, I can't remember which which movies he was in there. It was this uh, modeling and acting competition basically is what it was. And um, I got first runner up and Elijah Wood 
won. So I got second place to Elijah Wood back in, I don't know if it was 1992 or 1993. So if you go back and you go to, it's called IMTA, International Modeling, Ta- I don't, whatever it's called. And a lot, the year Elijah Wood won was the year I got first runner up. I was like so excited. I like won like $150. It was like, it was crazy. But my point is getting back on track is, is everybody's got a script. I don't know that I can get back on track after that. <laughs> I'll be scouring the internet today. Yeah. So, yeah. So everybody's got a script though, but you learn that script. And then once you know the script so well, then you can start to deviate from the script. That's what I see that most new agents they don't get correct, right? You have no skills, you have no training in how to talk to someone, but yet you're deviating from the plan before you even start. And so you need to talk to someone who's good at working scripts, they're on them. And then once you start having some success reading the script exactly how it is, then you can start to deviate from that. Because there's a reason why you have the script, right? There's a reason why you're going through these certain things to like pre-qualify clients or or whatever you're talking to them about. Yeah. And one of the biggest excuses I've heard from new agents is, oh, I just don't learn that way and I don't do it that way. And and I know that's BS because that's what I said at the beginning. Like, I don't need to do these scripts. That's not how I, I just have conversations with clients and the scripts, uh, you know, I'm not great at going specifically off a script, but learning them and putting in the miles uh, with role play and work in the scripts definitely has paid huge dividends in the conversations that I do have because I still follow a pattern. I'm just using different words to get there. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so you should be learning the scripts, reading them, and then you should be role-playing, right? So if role-play is not a big part of your training, then I think that's a huge mistake because if you're not role-playing, then you're actually practicing your scripts on your actual clients and you don't you don't really have the the time to be making mistakes with your clients. You want to make mistakes with your fellow agents and your role play partners, right? You want to say the wrong things with them. You don't want to say the wrong things whenever you're actually in front of a client. And so you can, you know, you just go, you role play and then you just hit repeat. It's almost like in jujitsu, right? When you're in jujitsu and you're training, you want to get tapped out in training. You don't want to get tapped out in competition. Right. And so I've only I think I've only been submitted one time or maybe two or three times in competition. At yeah. all. I saw a video you getting put to sleep once. Yeah. I mean, well, when you go to sleep, it's a little bit different. Yeah. You know? That's just, yeah, you're going night night. Oh, so. you didn't tap out yet. So. <laughs> but my point is, is yeah. like, man, I had one role play partner. She was an absolute beast. I mean, we would we would role play in the mornings and I would literally be sweating bullets before she would give me a call for us to role play. And it was just because in the beginning I was so terrible, man, like just absolutely terrible. I think the thing is, you have to put your ego at the door because you're going to be wrong. You're going to look silly. Somebody's going to ask you something that's going to like put you on the spot. But once you get through that and you know what's coming, like you said, there's only a few objections we have the same conversations over and over and over again. It might just be with a little bit different twist or somebody might say it differently, but now you're going to have an answer to almost every question someone asks. How would you feel if you had every answer 
to every question that someone asked, right? How much confidence would that give you? Because normally when you're talking to someone, you get nervous or you don't want to talk to them because you don't know what's coming up. You don't know what they're going to ask and you don't think you have the response to it. But if you had the response to everything that someone was going to say, think of how much power that would give you. Think of how confident you would be. It's the same thing with anything. The reason why we get nervous is because we don't know the outcome of what's going to happen. Or we're putting into our heads that it's going to be a bad outcome and we're nervous about it. And so what if you had all the answers and you knew it was going to be a good outcome? How confident would you be with that? And that's what role playing and going over scripts actually does for you. Yeah, that was a, you know, this is what coaching with Kevin Ward did for me. It was huge when I made this transition into really learning what to say with buyers and having the confidence to go in to those conversations. And what the difference is when you know what to say, it allows you to drive the conversation. When you go into a conversation and don't know what to say, you are not the one driving the conversation. You are just literally reacting to anything the you know the client or the potential client has to say, and you're just responding to it. And so then now you're not leading them to make a good decision. Uh, and that makes you a weaker agent if you can't lead your client to make the right decision. That's exactly right. And so that... Anytime you go on a listing appointment or anytime you are with a buyer, you are leading them to make a decision, right? It's like, are you going to list your house? And then are you going to list it with myself? And then if you are, do you want to sell the house or are you just kind of testing around and seeing what's going on? You know what I mean? And so that's really, uh, I think, the main the main point with that. And those scripts and training help you get to that point. And I think what we just talked about is this should be the sole focus of what a new agent works on, not this idea of contracts or how to do a Facebook ad or you need to be doing video, like all that stuff is going to come. But when you start out in the business, learning what to say by far is the most important thing. And then everything else is going to be built upon that. Absolutely right. Because no matter how you bring somebody in, you have to talk to them, right? It's like, okay, I learned how to do a Facebook post or it's like, okay, I got whatever, man, tiger leads, bold leads, Zillow leads. All right, well, after that lead comes in, what's next? Next, you got to convert them to a client and you got to do a presentation. And so the key is what to say to them. So now we got training. What is there anything else we missed or that we need to go over with training that you think is important, especially in the early parts of being an agent? I think the one thing that and I thought you were heading this direction when you said it was always the number one thing going back to the basics. And I think even before that, I think as an agent and this goes anywhere in life, right? If you're trying to learn from somebody, being coachable is going to get you there so much faster. You know, trust the process and be coachable. Uh, if you've got to be open to, you know, if you're looking at somebody that's been down the road that you want to go down to, you need to learn to be coachable to what they have to say. Yeah, 100%. Being coachable is is the number one. I think the other thing that we didn't haven't talked about yet that uh, we should just uh, talk about is how do you know or what constitutes good training, right? Because a lot of people say they have training, so if I'm an agent and I'm walking around and I'm looking around and I'm thinking about, you know, either going on a team or with a brokerage or something like that, 
how would you decipher what's good training and what's not training? Because everybody says, I've got training. I'm going to train you. I think the easiest, quickest way to see if somebody has good training is find out who they're training and look at them. What kind of success is the person they're already coaching having? I think that's the easiest way to see it. Yeah, I think so too. So you've got, I think you have to do a little bit of digging, right? So every brokerage, every team is going to have successful people. But the question is, were those, because winners are winners, no matter what, no matter where they go, a winner is going to be a winner. But you want to look and see, has someone developed someone? Because a lot of times people are just switching places that they go and they were already a winner when they got there. And so look for somewhere where people are having success and see if they're actually developing their people. And then the next question I would ask would be, how quickly can you get me from being brand new, if you're brand new in the business, to my first deal? What's the expectation? How are you going to get, how long is it going to take? And how are you going to get me there? Because that person should be able to answer that question. And then they should have people that are a success for that, right? So how are you going to get me from, how are you going to get me to my first transaction? And then listen to what their answer is. Because honestly, if you come on my team, here's what we're going to say to you, right? We're going to tell you it's going to be in the first 30 to 60 days. But I can't guarantee your results because I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if you're actually going to take action. So we know our process works, right? We know what we do is actually going to work for you. The question is, are you going to actually do the work for it to actually work is the question. So that would be the number one thing I would do is ask them how quickly you're going to go from, you know, from zero to your first transaction. Or if you're already doing transactions, how can I go from, you know, six to 12? How can I double it? What are you going to do to help me double it? And then see what their answer is. That's huge in and of itself, knowing where you want to go. What do you really want your goal to be? You know, in interviews all the time, we talk to agents or new agents and, you know, how much do you want to make? And, oh, if I could make between, oh, if I could do, like, they they don't really have any clarity on it. So as a team leader, I'm trying to help them to get clarity on where it is they want to go. And then if you have that, you can draw the roadmap to get there. That's exactly right. So, all right. So any parting shots, anything we left out before we land the plane on this one? Yeah, just going through the notes here. Don't overcomplicate it. That's what I did. And for a long time, I overcomplicated the entry-level training. I had 30, 60, 90-day plan and had, okay, read this book and learn this and do that and do this online training and get this certification. So I had all these pieces and it seemed really elaborate and organized and like something you'd want, but it never worked. And so I had to bring it all back to, all right, let's get you onboarded, learn this script, learn to talk to a buyer and let's go and get you your first deal. Yeah, that's awesome. And the thing I would say is just do the work, get it done. And uh, yeah, ask whoever you're training with, how do I get to my first actual transaction with you? Because that's the most important. Once you get that first win, then it's all over, right? To go from there. Become a professional. Don't be an amateur. All right. So on this episode, we went over training, why it's important. Um, what do we feel is the best training and where you should start on your training? And then maybe a few questions you should ask someone who's training you as well. And so I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
if you got any value from this, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're still here and you're still listening, what is one thing that you got from this episode or what stood out to you? And then reach out to Jerry or myself and just let us know. Shoot us a message anywhere you can find us. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, anywhere. Or if you have my phone number, shoot me a text and say, hey, on that episode about training, you said this. And man, that really stuck with me because we'd love to connect with you on uh, how our how the podcast is helping you. All right. And so also, you know, we all we always love five star rating and review. And then uh, we will catch you all on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Epic Agent Success Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've received value today, we hope you'll give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we love sharing our experiences and offering tips to agents looking to grow. So come join us on our Facebook page, the Epic Agent Success Podcast, and stay connected.